goalkeepers from Trail, British Columbia, have a battering style of play. Mehmet Bushy, first BCHL goal, and overtime winner! A couple of huge saves by Logan Ternesta. Right, here's Ozo, a great play, Ozo scores! And the only prescription is Goal line, longer back, wait, backdoor, Hunter scores! Welcome to The Smoke Show with your hosts, Ben Phillips and Rob Squires. Welcome back to another episode of The Smoke Show podcast. You're truly Ben Phillips here with Rob Squires, and we are uh, extremely excited for this episode um, and, and who we have to talk to here coming up in just a few minutes. But, you know, we're going to talk a little bit of news and um, some alumni news. Uh, there's this this former smoke eater. Not sure if you heard of him. Uh, his name's Kent Johnson. He's doing some incredible things for the World Juniors. Uh, we'll touch on that briefly. There's a little bit other smoke eater news to talk on. Um, main camp is around the corner. Uh, players start showing up in uh, in just over well, I guess just under a week now. Uh, the players start to, start to twiddle into into trail and and then like I said, main camp starts September second. Uh, we had another player signing since we last talked. What a little bit to get through, not a ton, but a little bit to get through. Uh, we here promise on... we won't take forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you keep interrupting me, Rob, that's that's what Rob sounds like in now case you're wondering fault. after after a, a long winded intro. Uh, Rob Squires here on the Castlegard Kia Smoke Show podcast. Rob, don't let the secret out of who we're talking to yet, but how's it going? Um, how excited are you for the upcoming season here and, and what is kind of our season two um, of the of the podcast wrap episode? Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, I've been I've been away for a couple of weeks here. I kind of shut everything down when it came to work and hockey related pretty much. So um, kind of get back up to speed. There was some tournament going on that I kind of kept an eye on over the last couple of weeks. But um, other than that, you know, like you say, it's, it's literally right around the corner, a, another week or so and then camp opens up and we get some camp games and preseason games. And before we know it, we're going to be dropping the puck on, uh, on a home, on a home opener or a season opener, whichever one you're, you're paying the most attention to. And, um, we'll be underway and, 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 and the season will be upon us. I know the ice is ice has been going in the post going up all over the place. Everybody's putting their ice in and it's, uh, Hockey season is back in full swing. I just got emails about my son's hockey coming up too. So, um, it's full on hockey now from here on out. And, uh, you know, knock on wood, no interruptions at all through the season, and we'll get uh, we'll get into some uh, some exciting smoke eaters hockey, and uh, we'll start that off with talking to uh, a, a former smoke eater. I will leave it at that. I'll let you do the big introduction, but uh, yeah, no, it's just a lot of great things happen, a lot of excitement. Weird to have a world juniors in the middle of the middle of the summer to keep us kind of like hanging on to hockey for a little bit longer, but uh, it's been good. I'm looking forward to it. Let's and I mean. You talk um, World Juniors there. It's it's kind of hard not to talk about it here on the podcast, um, and you know share share some some highlights and and whatnot because there were some amazing highlights from the World Juniors that uh, relate to to a smoke eater alumnus. Um, but before we do that, let's just quickly talk on um, the latest smoke eater signing and, and another piece of of this team as it continues to to round out this one a defender uh, Brandon Smith or Braden Smith. Pardon me. Um, also, 
also known as um, you'll hear him referred to as Brady Smith as well. He kind of goes by by either or. So um, Braden Smith, signs of the smoke eaters, um, already committed to the University of Connecticut, uh, which is uh, know some obviously there, <laughs> we do know somebody there. <laughs> um, obviously, that's it, a commitment um, that uh, isn't isn't something that uh, is. I mean, any time a player comes in and a player um, that, that that's a little bit younger, that's that's uh, only 17, um, comes in with a commitment that obviously says something that he's he's highly touted. He's a um, going to be a high valued player. Um, I know the coaching staff are excited to get to work with with Braden and have him be a part of our program. Um, you know, obviously, again, being a younger player coming in, there's always going to be some some growing um, pains, but. Because um, I always try to temper expectations because I'm I'm so excited for every single player, you know, doing the write-ups and talking to the players and, and doing the press releases and looking at their stats and thinking, this guy's amazing. Like, they're all amazing. Everybody's amazing. This guy's going to be so good. We're going to win everything. We're going to win everything. <laughs> I also have to remember sometimes i got to temper those expectations to, to you guys, the fans, you're listening, because then it'll come back and people uh, will be like, hey, well, you said this guy was going to be amazing. Well, I'm not a coach. I'm just, just really excited about everything uh, going on this season, um, yeah. whether it's the players coming in. Um, and I've said this to, to multiple people. I'm really excited about what this group has the potential for this group this year. Um, I'd be, I'm extremely, extremely, extremely excited for the potential of this group going forward, because it is such a young group that the smoke eaters have recruited and brought in this year. This is a team that, like I said, is going to be good this year, uh, but has the potential to be amazing next year and the year after that. And if they can keep up that recruitment that, you know, they're getting back to that, that where they were pre COVID where we had the LaPointe's and the Johnson's and the Colella's and, you know, Jared Osi was a local, um, the Powell Connors, th- those kind of players. <laughs> He's okay, trying not it. to say it. Those that are listening. He's, those trying. Are listening. He's trying not to say it. <laughs> those type of players that were recruited, um, those high, high valued players that made that team so good in the 1920 season, um, we're back to that now. It's taken a couple of years, but now out of COVID to a point, um, things are back to normal. Players can can travel almost freely. There's a really strong group being recruited here. Um, that again, it's it's a group that's competitive this year. Obviously, with you know, if we get injured again, that's a problem, as it was this this past year. Um, but it's a group that. Um, like I said, it's young enough that has the potential to be something really special for, for a couple of years and can continue that and continue to be one of the top teams in the BCHL because we know this team, this program um, has that ability. On, on that subject, you know, we'll, we'll obviously get into that more. And as we get into the season three and early episodes there, as we talk about training camps and the roster and stuff, but, you know, to, to your point, you know, with top, top prospects, not, knowing exactly what was going to happen for games and where, how many they were going to play and how that might look. It was very difficult over the last few years, I think for teams to recruit at, at all different levels. So it was kind of a, you know, a, a really mixed bag of who you might get, might not get players looking to make sure they're going to get so many games. I can just understand that must've been very difficult for the players to choose where they're going to go and what they're going to do there. And like you mentioned now getting some, some, let's call it back to normalcy or some, familiarity with what things should look like and the games played and everything kind of falling into place, we should start seeing that recruitment getting back to the way it was and 
you know, getting, you know, the ability to get some, you know, top players in. And we've seen it. And as we mentioned with, with his Braden Smith as a, as a newest signing, you know, just turned 17, like only turned 17 in May. So, you know, a very young recruit coming in, good size, you know, he's listed 6'3 and 170. I would argue they're usually underlisted on weight. It's usually not updated with the last year or so. So I bet he's probably coming in a little heavier than that. So we're talking a fairly good size young defenseman that's already been recruited. This is, should be a guy that could make an impact on this team. And we'll see that when it comes to the to the camp and how that goes and where he's going to fill in. But very, very promising to see, uh, you know, the team being able to recruit the players uh, with this type of, you know, obviously the interest that must have been involved in this player um, with already having a commitment to a top tier team and, and coming out of U18. That's a it's a huge get for the Smoke Eaters. And I think uh, looking forward to seeing him here and what should only be a few weeks now, no more waiting months to see these guys. It'll be literally a couple of weeks and we'll see these guys in action on the ice and we'll be able to give some more info on it, but a, a very good, strong signing uh, for the defensive core there with, uh, with Braden Smith coming on board. And, and we'll, we'll talk more here on camp on the other side of our, our featured interview here on, on today's episode. Um, but we'll, we'll break down, you know, the kind of sound of the schedule and, and the plans. And, and like I said, what, what Rob and I hope to hope to do, we'll, like I said, we'll get into that after, um, back to, to world juniors a little bit. Um, obviously Kent Johnson had a, a tournament to remember. Um, uh, and I, you know, I put this out on, on Twitter saying what a moment it was for him to, to get a gold medal, um, for a guy like that, who, it seemed over the last two years, and I know there's there's other players on that World Junior team that have been in a very similar scenario, but you know, again, having that connection with Kent, um, the scenarios that he's had to go through in the nineteen twenty season, getting cut short of, of a chance. You know, he was a BCHL MVP, top scorer. Um, he was, I'm pretty sure, up there in scoring in the playoffs. Obviously, we only had four games, so. Um, it was kind of seven, seven points in four games, seven points in four games. Exactly. <laughs> um, the, you know, the, again, the way that ended is the way, you know, he could have been a BCHL championship, could have been a national championship, uh, could have been a national championship in, in Canada here. Um, you know, as we talked to our, our guests coming up, there was that feeling in that group that they were going to go the whole way. Um, obviously lost out on that opportunity due to COVID. Um, Lost out in his first year at Michigan um, due to, to COVID and, and being knocked out in regionals because of a COVID technicality and not being being disqualified from before even being able to play a game, that whole team. Um, that hurts. Um, that year as well, he didn't get to go to the World Juniors because of the border restrictions and whatnot. It would have, um, the University of Michigan um, held back a lot of their players from going to the World Juniors. So there's that in, in, in the 2021 World Juniors that, that took place. Going forward again, um, still with Michigan, you know, he goes to the Olympics. He goes to the World Championship, uh, loses out to uh, the Denver Pioneers in the men's Frozen Four semifinal. Just so close to, to winning on, on every level. The World Juniors this, this year, again, the 2022 edition. Cut short because of COVID, was was shut down. Didn't know if he was going to get another chance at that, and that's something that you know those players always dream of. You dream, especially in Canada, dream of of playing for the World Juniors if you're the, at that caliber, um, and and knowing that the country is watching you between Boxing Day and January twelfth, that you are the focus of the nation of, of the nation. <laughs> um, so to finally get that opportunity here in the summer to 
to pull off to pull off a <laughs> Michigan goal in the quarterfinals. Just and after after an arguably sleepy preliminary round, he wasn't as prevalent in the preliminary round. No, he had some man, good passes, did he but show he... up. Did he show up? He Holy showed up. Cow. He showed up when it mattered uh, <laughs> in the preliminary or in the elimination games. Did he ever? Yep. Um, yep. And you know, Two game winners Rob, of his three goals. Rob and I saw um, two Michigans in Kamenko. Um, we. We both agree his one against West Kelowna where he scored his hat-trick goal was was the better of the two that we saw because he just picked it off the end boards and just scooped it up. Just smooth. It was just smooth. Then you see the one he does at the World Juniors, and that looked so effortlessly. Yeah, it was so <laughs> effortless, so smooth. Just no hesitation. Yeah, just scooped and go. And, and, you know, I heard the commentators talk about how difficult that is on, on the ice service that when he did it, there's, you know, f- four minutes left to go in the first period. And, you know, the ice isn't in great condition. He's still able to get enough or get that puck to settle down enough that he's able to scoop it and flick it into the net. Um, again, on that stage, a tie hockey game to, to, to pull that off. Again, we, we saw him just just try stuff all the time at the, the world junior um, or at, at the BCHL level. We saw him just, he's just, he's like that kind of guy who has the confidence to just try something out on the ice. If he's done it in practice, has an idea here, I'm going to give this a shot. Um, yeah. He doesn't have a huge it. amount of confidence, right? So to pull that off in a game um, is unbelievable. And then obviously, unless you were living under a rock, uh, you know that Kent Johnson scored the golden goal. Um, on Saturday night against Finland in overtime. Um, and when Rob, again, Rob and I were talking about it and, and what went into that goal. Obviously, he makes an unbelievable move to his backhand. And he said, it, Kent said in an interview on, on TSN saying, you know, he didn't expect the goaltender to slide that far. His goal was to put that five hole. And if you look at it and see, you know, where the goaltender is sliding, if he had stayed more centered in his net, 100%, that's five hole. He's scoring that goal. Uh but Kent's able to stay with it. He's able to get the backhand shot away. goes off the pad. He's able to turn himself, readjust his feet enough that he's able to get on his forehand and get a clean, mostly clean shot away into the open cage to, to win, um, to win the gold medal. So um, we just, you know, I, I texted Kent and I gave him a huge congratulations and and whatnot. And I'm not, I'm sure his phone was blowing up um, over the last three days, but um and I, it's funny too. And I, I know Rob wants to talk about something, but you know, I had uh, the the in-house voice of the Smoke Eaters, Chris Kutra, give me a call after that goal and just celebrating. And, and one of the things he said that just you know that I don't always think about is, can you um, like 
can you believe that we had that guy on our ice playing games in our building, um, doing what he did to doing what he is now? It's just, it's incredible. It's an incredible journey to watch where he's come from, and it's been, it's been super fun. <laughs> to say the least. Um, <laughs> you know, again, remembering he's only 19. He doesn't turn 20 until October of this year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you think back, he's now played for World Juniors, World Cup, or I guess he called it the World Championship, I guess now. Yeah, World Championship, yeah. The Olympic Games. He's played in the NHL and two years of, two years at the University of Michigan. Um, and we're well, still he's talking, done, he's and done we're all still those talking. things in the last eight months, yeah. which and we're he's still the talk, only player. And we're talking about what he's done, you know, when he was with the smoke eaters prior to that. And when, you know, think about, you know, he was only, you know, 60, 17 when he was doing that stuff. And, you know, we were just amazed at that time of what he could do. And, you know, when we talk about him doing the Michigan at that level, the one thing to stand, it wasn't the ice. It wasn't that he tried to do it. It was like, there was no question. Like if you see other guys like in the NHL level when they're going to do a Michigan or whatever, there's almost that little hesitation moment behind the net when they're like, am I going to do it? Right. Yeah. Like they think about, and then they, then they, you see them, you know, make the move to be able to pick up the puck. I still can't do that, but you see them make yeah. that move to pick up the puck. He, in any of the ones that he's done, I've never, it's never, it's always, he's already known, made the decision he's doing this even before he touches the puck. Yeah. And so it just looks so effortless and smooth when he does it. It was just, Unbelievable, of course, and then you know to to one up that he he waits and gets the golden goal in overtime for the for the gold medal, and you know nothing to discredit the the pass that was made there, but like you mentioned that the 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 first pass, the shot, if you watch it close, the goaltender almost gets it with like the, almost it seems like almost the toe of his pad because he comes across so far. So you can mm-hmm. just imagine we talked about the amount of commotion. You had three players falling down to his right, the goalie coming across on the other side, the immense pressure of the moment, and still just corrects himself and chucks that one in and then celebrating even before he hits the ice. It's such a, just an amazing moment. I, I, I was so, so legitimately happy for, for him as an individual, not just for team Canada and stuff, just to see him get that opportunity and to finish that one off. And um, just what a great talent to be able to have witnessed play, you know, live here for the games that we got to see him and, and to follow his, his trek now through, like you say, what just an incredible year he's had. And, you know, he might not have put up the offensive numbers and at all the levels that he played at, but it, we talk about it, new players coming into teams and times to adjust. He was on five different teams in one year. Like, and <laughs> the level of players and, and, and coaching systems. And, like, I can just imagine how much adjustments and things he's had to make. And, you know, every level he's been able to con- contribute. He's looked, you know, not out of place and, and just... I, there's not, I don't know where this guy's limit is, but I'm so excited to see where, where, what he does this season. And, you know, maybe he just sticks with one team and stays in the NHL for a while, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. I'm not sure. Is he still eligible for the world juniors at Christmas time? Like, no, holy cow. Like he's done what, now, but what a, what a, what an unbelievable year and a great talent. And um, I think we're all just a little spoiled to have to be able to watch him here and continue his journey. So um, I know I've got one of his hockey cards and I've seen some of the guys from around the team posting pictures of theirs on, on Twitter and stuff. And um, there's just an immense amount of uh, appreciation for, for Ken Johnson and what he did for the smoke eaters and what he continues to do and how he, he continues to represent himself and the, the smoke eaters alumni, just a, a great guy and couldn't have, couldn't have been happier for him. Exactly. It's just, like you said, there's, you know, I see, well, I post see a lot of the reaction that um, 
you know, through the Smoke Eaters social media channels and, um, you know, posting the, you know, Kent Johnson scoring the golden goal on, on Saturday night, you know, the, the reaction that that, that post got um, from the trail fans and just there, again, everyone echoed. Um, so happy for him. Can't believe he played here. So excited for Kent. Um, those kind of comments were, were all over um, the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram page. Um, so like, like you said, excited and thrilled for, for Kent um, as, as an individual, but you know, the, the community of trail and the smoke eaters organization is extremely proud um, to have, you know, that connection with him as well. So uh, like I said, it's, it's pretty cool. To, the to only thing the I would have liked to see in addition to all the highlights and the replays and all the stuff, and this is for one of our one of our, our biggest fans, is I would love to have seen how high Ashley jumped when that goal went in. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, I did a victory lap. I was at my, my sister's house here in, in West Kelowna. I did a victory lap around her kitchen. Like, and of course, so she's got a, or I have, like, yeah, she has a three-year-old daughter. I have a, a, a two and a half, two and a half-year-old niece. Um, so she's sleeping. It's 830 at night. She's been in bed for like an hour. So I'm obviously trying to keep it together. I was celebrating. I was like, was that actually Johnson? No, I thought Johnson was the one to pass it. No, Johnson scored the, the goal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm then, not going to lie. I lied. I yelled really loud in the basement as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. It was, it was, like I said, it was pretty surreal. Again, because, you know, we've got Ray, we're lucky enough to have that connection with him um, yeah. and to, to the fact that he played here. So um, it's pretty cool. Another one, another guy that, you know, we're pretty, pretty excited about, equally as excited about. Um, long that, time coming. Long time coming here on the podcast. He is also a national championship. Uh, or I guess national he is champion. a national championship. Um, from the Denver Pioneers, we have Owen Ozar for you. Um, Ozar, obviously, um, two-year smoke eater, um, was named captain going into his third year, obviously, with, with COVID and the restrictions um, and some of the uncertainty. There was a, the decision made to go to the USHL and and continue and play his 20-year-old year there and you know get a little bit of certainty and, and you know making sure that he was ready, as he said, making sure he was ready for um the ncaa level um we talk about all that um and the road to to a national championship it's it's not something that obviously only one team ever wins it every year um and there's a lot of teams in the ncaa there's 63 and counting division one programs in in ncaa hockey so um to have so hard to stay on top of (laughs) it is uh so to have someone um, win one uh, that was here just a couple of years ago is extremely special. So Owen Ozar, if you missed it, you know, when I was breaking down some of the, the top recruits that the Smokingers had and clearly left out Ozar's name and uh, kept it together, um, he is our special guest here on the Smoke Show podcast. Uh, Rob, anything else we want to add in before we just jump into this interview here with Owen? No, no. Other than uh, if it, just to follow, finish up on the uh, on the Smoke Eaters. Uh, sorry, the Kent Johnson uh, kind of connection. Uh, they did announce his jersey number, and I think everybody was wrong. Looks like he's going to wear ninety one. Not sure whether that one kind of came in left field on me, but uh, not to take away from Ozar's interview. But I wanted to throw that one in because 
yeah, I thought he was going to go with something completely different, but I like it. I had I had the inside, or I thought I had the inside scoop that he was going to go with 19. He was going to go back to 19. Um, for whatever reason, he went to 91, which is pretty cool, too. Yeah. So um, he's still wearing number nine at the University of Denver. He wore it here with the Smoke Eaters. It is Owen Ozark. We're joined here on the Smoke Show podcast, powered by Kazagar Kia, with a uh, much-requested guest, uh, not by the uh, the host crew themselves, but by the Smokier fan base. Uh, long time coming, now national championship. Uh, he wore number nine as a Smoke Eater. Uh, tons of memories uh, in a Smoke Eater jersey. Number nine, Owen Ozar makes his debut here on the Smoke Show podcast, all the way from the University of Denver. Owen, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Been uh, glad to get on the pod. Um, <laughs> obviously, I know I, I kind of said it there in the intro, and we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in depth, but quickly just take us through, um, from your point of view, that journey to to being a national champion. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's still kind of hard to explain. I mean, we knew we had um, a good team from the start of the year, lots of old guys. Um, and we had lots of uh, good freshmen and sophomores that were um, playing their best hockey. And, you know, all year we kind of talked about, oh yeah, like national championship, like that'd be awesome. And then just as the year went on, we just kept getting better and better. And um, I mean, I guess on a, uh, on a personal level, um, you know, I was getting scratched quite a bit and, and not playing kind of the hockey I wanted to. But as the year went on, I was playing more, getting more shifts each game, each period. And um, I just, I mean, playing in uh, regionals and in Boston was, I mean, something I'll never forget till the day I die. So, no, it was an amazing experience. Um, and you talk about there, you know, early on in the year where I'm playing games. And, and obviously, as a freshman, there there's there's the hierarchy and, and, and whatnot in and you got to earn your spot um, for sure. And you talk about it there, you weren't playing a lot, kind of some healthy scratches, and you started getting more and more ice time, more shifts, um, you know, from following, you know, your path from, from afar, noticing on the roster sheet that continually more often and more often, especially as you got into the, the later part of the year um, and into, as you said, the, the regional games, those championship games, Owen Ozar was on the roster sheet uh, more often and more often. What did it mean to you to be, on that roster sheet um, and, and playing in the national championship game? Um, it was, it was really special. I think definitely sitting out those last games would have been, you know, it wouldn't have been the same, but um, you know, I had never been scratched before in my life. I was never scratched in junior or mid or anything. So um, uh, coming in as a freshman, you know, I was a little bit smaller than most guys, a little bit lighter than most guys. And uh, I guess the college jump was pretty big for me. Um, but I kind of just kind of focused on the things I could control and um, worked hard in practice and in the gym all year. And it kind of um, maybe an injury or two helped me out a little bit. But other than that, um, no, it was it was really fun. You know, and you you just mentioned there this the the gap or the jump of, of ju- going from from junior hockey, um, whether it was at the USHL level or the BCHL level into that, you know, NCAA top program type of, uh, you know, jump. Looking back now, is there anything that you would say, this is what I, you know, going back, doing it again, this is what I would have focused on to be even more prepared coming into that. Like, was there anything that really surprised you? Be like, wow, I really got to like 
focus on this part of my game or or dedicate more time to this area of of getting ready for games yeah um i'd say probably um just defensively like you know throughout junior um i wasn't always looked on as a like a defensive guy you know i always wanted to score the goals and and whatnot but um you know when as you get older and older and and up in higher leagues you know everyone's got to be a good defensive player and i definitely learned a lot last year about playing defense especially against guys that are you know 24 25 years old big guys that you know i'm not going to overpower so i definitely learned a lot in that aspect for sure and you know like you mentioned you you come in there as a freshman there's i think when I counted, there was 13 NHL draft picks on, on your guys' roster this year. Yeah. Um, so a lot of talent there. Um, just even when, like you say, you got into 21 games and some games you didn't get into, but what what were you picking up when just watching some of the caliber of the guys that you're on the ice with? Um, I just, I tried to be a, a student of the game. I kind of used that a lot last year um, towards myself. Kind of just watched the older guys. Like we had... We had a couple fifth years um, that have been, you know, played 160, 170 college games, right? So they, they know what they're doing. They've been there before. Um, and um, just watching, like, the older skill guys, like, especially guys um, that are players like like myself, you know, watching them every day um, in practice, you know, just watching what they do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, student of the game was probably, like, it was a real focus of mine last year for sure. And there was, you know, like I said, there was a lot of top talent on that team. Is there anybody on that team that you could identify as being a guy that was maybe underrated a little bit and, and, and guy that you kind of look like, wow, he's not getting uh, maybe as much attention as he should because he, maybe he's not in the eyes with the amount of talent you guys had on that team? Oh, yeah. Other than yourself. Other than yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's, that's a tough question. I mean, we have, we have lots of guys and lots of skilled guys on our team last year. And I think in moments, each of them kind of showed like, you know, the fans watch and we're like, you know, holy, holy crap, like that guy's skilled, but he might not be one of our top scorers or whatnot. Like a lot of our young guys, like our freshman and sophomore group last year, it was pretty big. And um, like we have a lot of skilled guys that, you know, probably aren't going to play four years of college hockey. So, um, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's it. Well, let's jump back a little bit into um, your Smokers career. And I know um, it's something that you you value extremely high um, to yourself. Um, for And I, I know I've talked about this, but in case anybody's unaware, there was guys who came into this team uh, this past year, Charlie Strobel, um, Teddy Lagerback, Zach Michaelis, all guys who, who played with you last year um, at in Waterloo in the USHL and were all guys that heard from you Teddy Lagerbach specifically, being being your roommate on the road, um, mm-hmm. spoke a lot about what you said about Trail, about how much you loved it. Um, if you could have um, spent your 20-year-old year in Trail, um, we'll get to kind of how that that all happened and 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 whatnot in a little bit. But um, first off, just again, I know I can't maybe we took the words out of your mouth, but when you look back on your, on your smoke years career, what, uh, what are maybe some of the highlights and, and some of your favorite memories and whatnot? Oh, that's, I mean, that's a tough question. Um, when it comes to highlights, I mean, um, that my rookie year, um, in the playoffs, um, definitely, um, um, comes out just like beating merit being, uh, they were the second seed. We were the seventh seed and, uh, they won the first game and then we, you know, we swept and we won four games after that. So, I mean, that those games were some of the funnest 
junior hockey games I ever played and just how intense they were in, in that small Merritt arena. And every time you touch the buck, you're getting leveled. Um, and then, <laughs> and, and then that uh, second series in Vernon, um, scoring the overtime winner in uh, game two, definitely a memory of mine. And then just going to game seven and we came pretty close, but I mean, that was, that year sticks out just then how it finished and how good of a team we, because really the start of the year, you know, we weren't one of the top teams and we kind of just got better and better. But I mean, that last year, you know, it's still kind of hard to swallow depending, uh, you know, just how good we were. We were so good and it was so fun to play in our own building or playing any other building every other night and playing with Phil and, and Kent and Mikey and all those guys. So, I mean, not a whole lot of highlights just po- po- stick out, but I mean, the whole experience was awesome. Those are two, I mean, amazingly fun years for me. You know, you guys went through a you know, very, let's call it nothing, nothing short of a very strange season that year, that final year with the smoke eaters and how that all ended. And you just mentioned a few of the guys that you had spent so much time with th- that year and, um, you know, core guys of that team are those guys that you still keep in touch with now. And are you guys still chatting about the, you know, the opportunities that were, were there and where you guys are now? Yeah. I mean, some of us definitely keep in touch a little bit. I mean, not quite as much as, as we used to, but, um, you know, definitely talk to Kent once in a while, see how he's doing. Um, he's doing all right. Yeah. I mean, he's doing okay. <laughs> doing pretty good for himself, but get a busy um, year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had a close, especially in my rookie year, um, the group we had there, like we were a pretty good group of guys. We always hung out and, and so we still have group chat that lights up every once in a while. We're chatting and shooting it and whatnot, but yeah. <laughs> awesome. And, um, you know, I know Benny was, has alluded to, uh, you know, the situation that brought you back to, to the USHL there with Waterloo. But um, before you get there, you know, you guys had such a great season that year and, and looking at the playoffs. Do you ever look back at what might have been there or now you've moved on and, you know, obviously a national championship under the belts, nothing to, uh, to, to shy away from. So, you know, have you moved on from that or is that still a bit of a, a sore spot whenever you start talking about what might have been that year? I mean, I guess sometimes um, and when I look back, I think about, um, you know, what it would have been like if we had a normal year. And because um, if it would have been, I would have been, I would have been back, right? I was um, named captain and it was um, my full, um, you know, I wanted to go back for to be the captain. Like when I got to trail, you know, one of my personal goals was to be a leader on that team. Um, and so um just with the shortened season and going to the USHL, it was definitely probably the hardest choice I've had to make with my hockey career. Um, and um, I mean, I mean, it kind of just came down to trying to get better as a player and, and needing to play more games. So it was definitely some hard phone calls that went on. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I did it. And uh, yeah. I want to focus on that a little bit, um, Owen, if you're, if you're good with it, because yeah. like you said there, it was the, the one of the hardest decisions you've had to make. And um, I think, and you know it, that the trail fans are so passionate in, in trail about the team, about the players. And I think that goes for um, the staff as well. And, uh, um, you know, and the media guys, um, it, it was definitely a tough decision from our perspective when, when it came down and, and obviously um, looking at it, um, it again, you'd been named captain. Everyone was looking forward to you know Owen Ozark leading this team, being a 20-year-old. The, the the talent that you have, um, 
you know, as, as the situation developed and, and, you know, we didn't have a real season, we were shut down at times, just getting to a pod season, looking back on it, um, you know, hundred percent, like you made the right decision. Um, you got to play, play games. You had a fantastic year in Waterloo by, by all accounts. Um, and you did the best thing for yourself, but I know when guys showed up at camp in August and, and, uh, um, I remember, uh, Turness getting out of the vehicle and, and coming into the arena and we were talking the first time I had seen him in all, all year. And he was saying, uh, he's like, man, it's, it's, I'm, I'm pretty bummed out. And, and I'm like, you know, why? He goes, Oh, you know, Owen's not coming back. He, he's, he's, you know, had to make the tough decision. It's like, yeah, like, you know, I, I knew it was, it was a possibility. And, um, I just remember a lot of people were, uh, you know, maybe didn't realize how tough of a decision it was for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, in, in the grand scheme of things, um, it worked out the, the best way it possibly could for you. Yeah. I think part of it too, is just the way, um, you know, my uh, 19-year-old year ended um, just because it ended so terribly where we had this unreal team that we thought we could have won it all and, and it gets cut short and, you know, I think I'm coming back and then, you know, a couple months pass and, you know, things change and, you know, other opportunities come about. But um, I think that was part of it that just made it really tough and especially calling uh, the billets, uh, the flicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved him so much, and those phone, that phone call was definitely a hard one. I uh, loved living with that family, um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's in the past now, but it was definitely really hard for me, hard decision. Yeah, I can imagine. I wouldn't want to have to make that decision, but obviously, you know, you're looking at what's best for you for being as a student and a student athlete, and, <laughs> and your future. And it totally makes sense, of course. You know, it would have been great to have seen you throw the smoke eater Jersey back on one more time, but you know, you played from my math, 112 games, uh, regular season and playoff and 105 points in a smoke eaters Jersey. So, uh, not a bad, not a bad resume there, uh, with the trail smoke eaters and, uh, you've handled yourself quite well throughout the whole thing and, um, your explanation of it. And I think, uh, I think the fans understand that, uh, you know, what you, what you needed to do is what happened. And, you know, like you say, the proof's in the championship. You've gone on to, to win a national championship. And yeah. so obviously it's hard to say you didn't make the right decision there. So, yeah. you know, congratulations on it. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't think there's anybody in trail that holds any Ill, Ill will or hard feelings towards you. It was, uh, it was great watching you play for sure. And uh, great seeing you on the, on the next stage as well. And looking forward to see what you have coming up too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you, you talked about the, how the 19 year old year ended and everybody's, you know, we've talked at length about how that ended. Um, have you ever thought about it in, in, in kind of maybe in, in a grateful light of, of, of how that ended and, um, you know, your last contribution to the smoke eaters on home ice was an overtime winner in, in game two. Like, I mean, obviously that's not where you wanted it to end, but if, if you had to pick a moment, it, that's, that's not a bad way to, to have things end on, on that kind of positive note. No, that's right. I remember um, I, I kind of, I, I guess, um, once I decided to go to Waterloo, my dad, I remember pointing out, he's like, you know, your last goal in, in trail was overtime winner in playoffs. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, that's that's a pretty cool thing to remember. So, I mean, didn't want it to end, but if it did have to end, I mean, I'm glad it happened in, in that kind of way. Gets it to Costello. Costello pinned up against the wall. Gets it down the wall. Go for the point. The Smokers hold it in. The point across. Johnson off the bench. Kent Johnson waits at the right circle. Throws it at the net. Roy Puck comes to Ozark. It's his back and scores! Ozark wins it! 
and then so you like you said you, you go to waterloo um what take us through through that experience and you know a lot's made of, of some of the different styles of play that is the ushl to the bchl um mm-hmm. just take us through you know what that transition was like for you and um, you know, obviously there's still, still dealing with, with COVID and the, tra- and the challenges, um, that that presented, uh, that league, uh, but just take us through your, your 20 year old year. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, COVID was obviously still going on there. Um, so, I mean, away from the rink, there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, going around town and hanging out and stuff. It was mostly, you know, you're at the rink, um, you're doing your job and whatnot, but I mean, we had a great group of guys. Um, uh, we, you know, we didn't, um, really produce on the ice as much as, um, you know, we would have hoped, but we had a really fun group of guys. And, um, I mean, it was, it was a pretty fun year for me. Um, obviously I would have liked to come back to trail and I would have liked to in my 20 year old year, um, won a little bit more, but I did love playing in Waterloo. Um, it was definitely a big stepping stone going to college. Um, USHL is a little bit more of a, um, defensive league than the PCHL. You know, it's a little bit harder to score. Um, so that definitely, you know, I noticed that right away and was working on that. Um, but other than that, it was, it was a really fun year. So what you're saying is you, you, there weren't as many, uh, end to end O and O's are rushes in the USHL as there were in the smoke eater Jersey. No, no, no more garbage goals for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they all count. Yeah, <laughs> they all count. Exactly. Is that defensive aspect of that league the, the biggest difference that you would say between those two leagues? Because obviously, there's always, like Ben mentioned, there's always a lot of comparisons between, you know, the guys in the BCHL and whether they have the opportunity to play in the USHL or guys coming the other way, right? Like, there's lots of guys that have made that jump uh, coming back from the USHL to play in the BCHL for at least a year before college. Um, mm-hmm. where, where do you see, like, is there, obviously, there's got to be something in each league that's beneficial for the players, but what do you see as is there in the USHL that makes it a little different from the BCHL? Um, you know, I don't know about the whole USHL, but I knew for our team, um, our coach, um, PK O'Hanley, he, uh, was, he's been the coach in Waterloo for 20 years and he actually just retired, um, the year after my year. But, um, you know, he's a really smart guy. He was a hard nosed guy, kind of old fashioned. Um, but he knew what he was talking about. And, um, I think there was a lot of coaches in that league that are older, harder nosed kind of coaches that, um, you know, we practice this way, we play this way, very systematic, um, you know, where I feel like in the BCHL, um, it's just a little different, especially, I mean, um, when I was there, it just seems like that, but um, I mean, yeah, I guess that, yeah, I guess that's it. It's a little more, a little more freewheeling maybe in the BCHL and a little more structured in the USHL a little bit, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in the BCHL, um, you know, if I made a mistake, you know, I wasn't too worried about it. You know, I'd just get back out there, try the next play. But, you know, in the USHL, you know, you're making a mistake and, um, you know, it might be coming back to bite you in the ass more than it would um, in the BCHL. So that was just something to adjust to. But, I mean, other than that, it's the two top leagues to go to college hockey. I mean, there's a reason they're both there. And for guys that are, you know, in the USHL that are looking at the BCHL as an option to kind of, let's call it round out their game or a different type of, of flow to the game, you know, if they're looking at teams to go to, obviously you're, you're, you're hyping up the smoke eaters as a destination for them. But um, is there anything specifically about trail that you could say, like, you know what, if you want to get X, Y, Z from your game, or you want this out of it, this is where you want to be. Um, yeah. I mean, I, t- I remember having conversations with Teddy and, and uh, Charlie about going to trail. And I said, you gotta do it, man. It's the funnest league to play in. I mean, you're living in a great little town, Lots of history. Um, 
But, I mean, when it comes to X's and O's, I mean, uh, I had to, Tambellini was a coach at the time, and I learned a lot from him, um, X's and O's, and just really being about a pro, uh, being a pro. Um, and I obviously um, haven't uh, met the coaches out there nowadays, but I'm sure they're the exact same way. You know, every coach um, I've had in junior hockey is all about moving up to the next level and, and playing like a professional, so. Um. Now let's kind of go through. Uh, I know we've talked a little bit about your your journey to the national championship, but um, t- what was what was going through your guys' mind? Like you said, you guys were kind of getting confident. Um, you're, you're, or you were confident in your guys' ability as a team at the University of Denver. Um, you know, as the pioneers in getting to that national championship game. But you go up in the in the Frozen Four. Um, against a, a gorilla side in the University of Michigan, you've got a couple couple old friends on that side. Um, Lapointe Johnson, did you talk to them before the game? What was what was that like? Um, obviously, like you said, you've got the the relationship with those guys, um, and then you guys were able to to pull it out. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, um, I did talk to Kent. I was on the phone with him a couple times uh, the week earlier, like when we found out we were playing Michigan. Um, I remember, though, because I kind of figured, you know, Kent's only going to be playing two years, so <laughs> probably never get to play each other, which I always kind of wanted and never got to play against them other <laughs> than um, in the mornings and trail. But um, it was really cool that I, I mean, as soon as I knew, I was like, I texted him. I was like, we're playing against each other. This is sweet. But, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about hockey. We kind of just talked about our lives and whatnot and what's going on. And then. Um, didn't Boston was kind of hectic and pretty busy. Um, didn't talk a whole lot there, but it was really fun to play those guys. I always wanted to. Uh, it's it's fun going up to college and and seeing and playing old friends that you had in junior. It's definitely um, you know part of hockey that I love for sure. Uh, just gonna say like you know I I've had experience here at the collegiate, but obviously a much smaller size than than there. What's it like at that level um, in a in a Division One program? Um, you know, a top ranked team in the, in the nation, even before you go away to like the, uh, the regionals or the, the, you know, the tournament, the frozen four and that kind of stuff. What's it like playing in, in a, in a collegiate division one program, like, uh, like the university of Denver, what's, what's that experience in that atmosphere? Like? It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. I mean, some, just like anywhere, some places got a better atmosphere than other, but, you know, growing up wanting to play college hockey, you know, I try to take every second in, um, but, you know, they got the student sections and, they got the the bands and the stands and they got like it's re- it's really a different experience it's like junior hockey on steroids pretty much like it really is <laughs> it really is the best uh you know the best four years um of my life so just trying to take it all in and you're sorry you're in your second year now and i think one of the bonuses you said is you get your own room now yeah so you're not <laughs> anymore you get out of the stinky dorms <laughs> <laughs> excellent um Keep going in. You go into the, that final game and another <clears throat> tough opponent, uh, Minnesota Duluth. Um, when you guys score that first goal, um, what went through your your mind? Um, I kind of started second intermission, I'd say, because it's one nothing. Um, you know, we were outshot pretty bad. Um, we didn't. We weren't playing our best hockey, and you'd think in a room, you know, going into the third period of the national championship game, guys are, you know, cussing each other out, kind of, um, you know, getting mad at each other, maybe getting a little too frustrated. But I mean, it was like we were in, you know, the middle of January in a game anywhere. Like we were just, we were calm, we were collected. 
I think that comes from our older guys for sure. But we kind of just, you know, we're playing. We just got to keep playing our game. And, um, you know, it'll come. We weren't worried about the outcome, really. We were just worried about playing our game. And then the first goal goes in. And then they kind of just kept kept going after that. Um. And so, yeah, you know, you've talked about it's an unbelievable feeling being a national championship to do it as a, as a, as a freshman um, is, is even more special because now you've got, you know, as, as you say, you, you know, a potentially a four-year college career to, to try and do so again. Um, what's the, before I jump into my next question, what's the feeling like going in, into this year? Um, obviously you lost a lot of, a lot of older guys. Some guys are off to, off to the NHL. Um, but obviously it's, it's a top tier program and, uh, it's, it's bound to stay that way and then have that, that certain level of expectation uh, about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, our, our, uh, our coaches do a great job of scouting and we got a couple good freshmen coming in, you know, a couple are drafted. So, um, you know, we're losing key, um, key guys, but, um, we got guys getting older and getting more mature that have got to step up. So I think we're still going to be a real good team this year. Um, it's going to be fun. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's, you know, hopefully we can go back to back to goal. I mean, but we'll see It's it's, we are, we have a really close group. I mean, and the guys that left, obviously it's hard, um, when you're such a close, close group of friends and teammates, but, um, you know, I've met already a bunch of the freshmen and they're, they're stand-up guys. So it's going to be a really fun year, I think. Uh, you talked about going back to Denver throughout the summer here before you, you know, made the, the move right back. Um. Were you part of uh, of any of those parades with the Stanley Cup? I know it's, you know, Denver was a pretty cool place to be this summer with the Colorado Avalanche winning, and I know the Pioneers were involved in that uh, that celebration as well. And I think Denver, another one of the athletic programs, won uh, won something this year too, didn't they? Or were you guys the only cha- uh, national championship? No, we were the only national champions. Okay. I think a couple tournaments were won, but we were the only national champions. Okay, so did you did you get involved in in that that parade at all? Um, I wasn't at the parade. I was at home, probably the worst FOMO of my life, but, um, <laughs> definitely, you know, afterwards we had, uh, we got to go to a Rockies game and, and we were honored an Avs game and just being around campus with the trophy and, and doing all these things with alumni and stuff like that. Like it really is the alumni program here is amazing. Like all these guys that played here before, you know, they're very involved and, um, to win and to share it with them is, is a lot of fun, really special. You know, I've, I've had people say in the past that, you know, they've won more than one championship in a league. And, you know, they, they said the second one was more difficult than the first, um, getting back to that point. You know, having gone through that that whole process in a, in a freshman year and, and now being looked at as one of the, you know, starting to be looked at one of the leaders of the team. You know, what can you take from that season and making that that climb all the way to the top of the mountain? What can you take from that now that maybe you might either didn't think of before or now that you know what it takes to get there? What can you bring to the team? and and, and try to explain to these guys that are coming in of what it's going to take to get back there? Um, I guess I can just kind of bring, like, what I learned from our old guys. I mean, one guy, for example, is um, Ryan Farrell, played in the BCHL, and he played five years here at Denver. He's leading all-time games played here at Denver. Um, but he was just a guy um, that, you know, brought about himself as a professional every day. And, um, you know, I kind of learned from the older guys like that, and I feel like with younger guys coming in, you know, I am a sophomore, but at the same time, I'm also 22. You know, I'm, I didn't come, I wasn't a young freshman. I was an old freshman. So um, and in some ways, I do feel a little older on the team. And then I can, um, you know, whether it's off the ice or on the ice, kind of 
I don't know, I guess to show them the ropes isn't really the right thing to say, but I guess in a way it kind of is. Um, just but to show those guys like what it means to those young guys, what it means to win you know, and what the culture here is at Denver because it is a different culture and that's you know one of the reasons that we do um, we did win the national championship. Well, and, you know, it is a hockey podcast. We talk a lot of hockey, but I think we'd be remiss of, of uh, forgetting about the other student part of the student athlete that you're at there at the university. Um, maybe just give us a, a little bit of what are you taking and, and how's, uh, how's the course load going and how are you finding balancing that, uh, the studies with the, with the hockey and, at that level? Um, oh, it's good. It's good. I'm studying communications. And, um, I mean, you know, you play junior hockey, you take take three years off of high school. So coming in, um, you know, as a freshman summer, we took some classes, which definitely helped for sure before the start of the year. Um, but I mean, it was, I, I mean, right when we started practicing at the start of last year and you're doing four classes a day and, or two to three classes a day and you're going to practice and you're working, you know, working your balls off and you got to go to class after and, and you got to go home. And it was definitely something that um, you'd have to adjust to uh, as a freshman, but like I said, you just watch the older guys and, you know, it looks easy for them because they've done it for a couple of years. But, you know, you kind of catch on. And I mean, it's I've had a hell of a lot of fun here. So I'm hoping this year will be just as fun. And that, so how much better is your time management now than it's ever been? Oh, it's it's getting better. It's still not <laughs> great, but <laughs> definitely getting better. Um, one more. Uh, do you have... Uh... Do you have a national championship ring yet, or are they still still in the works? Are you going to get one? How does that work? Um, I'm actually I'm I'm assuming we get them in the fall, is what I've heard. Um, I don't know if it's going to be um, any time in the fall or if it's going to be before our first game or whatnot. But I've seen sketches of what they look like. They look pretty sweet, so I can't wait for that. That'll be pretty special. Perfect. Um, I think I think oh, and that's it. I didn't, I didn't, unless Rob has any other any other Just, questions, anything he's burning just things one. he wants to know okay just one what's the game what's the hype most hyped up game you've got uh circled on your on your schedule coming up so i'm pretty sure guys the schedules come out right yeah it is i say probably um north dakota in north dakota just because last year um we played them our third and fourth game of the year and uh and they beat us they swept us in north dakota and that atmosphere was just that was kind of my first, uh, like, holy crap, like, this is college hockey. Like, this is, <laughs> They're um, taking it serious there, eh? <laughs> but, uh, and definitely this time, you know, I'm probably going to have, uh, hopefully, some family come down. Um, it's not too far from Saskatchewan. So um, I'm looking forward to that weekend. That'll be a fun one and hopefully sweep those guys. Yeah, that'd be awesome if the family can make it down there and see you play down there. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be awesome. Uh, did uh, I guess, obviously, there was restrictions and stuff, but did uh, how much did your parents get to get down to to denver or were they at the national championship with um, you or how that worked? They, they uh they weren't out, be able to come out to denver last year but they did come to boston which was um extremely special you know just because they've done you know an incredible amount um for me um in my life so having them there for that moment was you know really really special obviously parents are a huge part of getting where you're at is there anybody else you give a little shout out to that's helped you along the way obviously there's probably more than you could possibly think of to remember them all but is yeah. there anybody that stands out besides the the parents that uh, helped you along this way um i mean parents be the main one but i mean looking back um i mean looking back in trail i think tambolini was a was a big uh, factor in me developing my game and um you know help, help me out of 
I've stayed in contact in contact with him a little bit um, since I've uh, left trail. Um, talked to him once or twice. He was actually in North Dakota. I got to meet him there. So um, he's one guy that you know I kind of look up to, and and um, you know he's a professional. Try to be like him, kind of thing. But I mean, all my coaches I've had have been incredibly good, and you know are part of the reason I'm here. So perfect. Well, Owen, I'm out of questions. I think Rob's out of questions, and I won't let him think of any more because he'll he'll ask some <laughs> embarrassing question, I'm sure, and and try and try and get some some inside dirt. That's that's what he does. So <laughs> never, never. Um, obviously, huge congratulations on being a national championship. Thank you. Um, there's there's only a handful that I can think of off the top of my head. I'd have to do some research, but there's only a handful of of smoke eater players that go on and and actually get that national championship. So, um. Huge congratulations to you and, and what you've done so far in your career. I hope there's another national championship in your future. I hope there's some NHL games in your future, um, if that's the way you want to go with it. Um, just continued success for, for you. And, um, again, a huge thanks for, for being on the podcast and, and a huge thanks for, for being such a you know an, an open player and someone to talk to and, and uh, you know so respectful. Um, during your time here in trail and anything that uh, I ever had to deal with you with. So um, just, yeah, awesome to talk to you again and, and just can't wait uh, to see what's in the future for Owen Ozar. No, thank you very much, guys. Thanks, uh, Robin, Ben. I had, I know when you guys first came out with the podcast, I was like, oh, that'll be sweet, actually. I'd like to go on that. So <laughs> glad you guys had me. Thank you very much. Well, we're, we're trying. We appreciate you coming on. And, you know, I'll echo everything that Ben said. And, and I'll add to that, you know, it was a pleasure watching you in your time with the Smoke Eaters. And it was great to see you on the national stage. And um, one of my favorite things of being involved with hockey is watching guys, not just when they're on the ice with the teams here, but watching them progress and where they go and how they how they use hockey to further their career. And, and, and whether it's school or whether it's pro or whatever. And um, I see nothing but good things for the future, man. It's been great chatting with you and uh, look forward to uh, seeing that ring and maybe chatting again. Awesome. Thank you guys very much. Thanks again to Owen Ozar, Smoke Eater alumnus, uh, now University of Denver Pioneer forward and national championship for joining us here on the podcast. Um, as, as we said there kind of in our closing with him, of just how long um, this has kind of been planned and, and thought about. So it's, it's, it's nice to finally get this one done. Um, and hopefully it's not the last time we talked to, talked to Owen, a, a wonderful interview um, so well spoken and, and again, super excited to have him on and, and, you know, get his, his take on, on things. And, um, like he said, um, that, uh, I hope resonates with people that, um, and I know, and I know it does, um, it was how hard of a decision it was for him to, to go to the USHL, um, that, that last season. But, uh, you know, like I said, Huge congratulations to him on, on winning a national championship. Hopefully there's more to come uh, from Owen Ozar. Yeah, you know what, like you mentioned, a, a guy that we talked to back, well, it seems like a long, long time ago now, but, uh, you know, that we wanted to get on and wanted to have a, a great talk with him. And, and at the time, when he was such a big part of the, the teams that he was on when he was here. And, um, you know, we didn't get a chance to get him on. And now, you know, he goes and wins a national championship and still uh, still will, willing to come on and chat with us. So uh, thanks again to Owen for doing the, doing that. And, um, you know, great to see that, uh, you know, he had such a great first year and um, he's looking forward to to the, you know, his, what do you call it, sophomore season. 
got his own room now, which he seemed pretty pumped about. That's pretty cool. I didn't realize that was a thing. But that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he's go got his own, own house. Yeah, they yeah. go from dorm rooms to their own house now. That's so. fantastic. And, um, yeah, I just think, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he mentioned that you could see it. You know, obviously you couldn't see it on the podcast, but we get, we see when we do these these calls and, and we're seeing these guys, you can see that, you know, very genuinely, you know, was a, a hard decision for him to, to, to leave the smoke eaters at the end of that season and, and go to, to the USHL. But, um, you know, he, you could just tell the guy's very genuine, wanted to be in trail, love trail, continues to talk about trail is wearing trail gear when he was sitting there doing the interview. So, um, a guy that we missed a lot that, you know, the, the, the year after, but obviously made a decision that, uh, that paid out well for him and, and got him to, uh, to Denver prepared to go on and be a part of that national championship. And was very, just as cool watching Kent play at the, at the world junior level. Very cool to see, uh, see these guys play at the, at the national stage uh, at NCAA division one programs and haven't had the opportunity to watch him here. So uh, really good guy. Hope his studies are going well. Hopefully his time management gets a little bit better and gives him a little more time to do some stuff there. But, uh, it was great to have him on. And, uh, like you say, and, and I mentioned to him, I, I look forward to following his progress and, and seeing what's next for, for Owen Ozark is, uh, again, just such a big part of the teams when he was here. Yeah. I, and you know, again, it's, it's so cool hearing, um, you know, his point of view of how things went, um, over the last two years and, you know, <clears throat> from smoke eaters to Waterloo to the university of Denver and, you know, his experience of, of what that transition is to, to college hockey. It's, it's sometimes tough to, to stay connected. Um, you know, once they, you know, they, they get to that level cause they're doing their own thing. You've got, you know, especially as a, as a media guy, you, you know, trying to stay in contact with, with those players um, who are on their own schedule. Now you've got a new crop of players that you're also trying to, you know, make those connections with and, and get to know and, and express to, to the fan base as well. Um, yeah. It's, 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 that's, you know, an awesome part of the platform that we have here with the podcast, um, you know, that we're able to do um, and, and catch up with, with some of these alumnus and, and whatnot. Um, it's uh, it, yeah, it's, or I guess some of these alumni is, is the, the proper technical term. Uh, there. I, I wasn't going to correct you, but I thought, I thought it was wrong, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, as, as we said there, kind of in the wrap up, uh, it just thanks to Owen Ozar. Um, yeah, just unbelievable guy, um, both on and off the ice. So, looking forward to to what uh, what he has in store. Absolutely. Speaking of in store, what do we have coming up next, Benny? Well, we are. Uh, it's almost a wrap on season two. This this is our wrap on season two. So the next time we're gonna do an episode, it's gonna be season three, and it's gonna be the upcoming season um, for the Smoke Eaters, and and obviously all that has in store, and you know. Again, we make plans and some of them happen, a lot of them don't. <laughs> some of them change. <laughs> some people but go on vacation. Ben invited me back for season three, so sorry, but I'm coming back. <laughs> no, I didn't. What? <laughs> that's, that's not a... That was never it's official. official. It's it was official. Uno- it was it's unofficial. <laughs> to, to be fair, it was it was kind of expected of you to be back. Oh, um, I thought we were maybe you're just waiting on the sponsorship. That's all. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's it, Absolutely. folks. That's it. it the, the secret is out. That's how I got on. Everyone's wondering how I got on the. Po- I paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got me a sweet deal on a, on a Celtos, and now he's on the podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, too funny. Speaking of which, I could I could use a new Celtos. <laughs> deals for me. <laughs> Always, buddy. Always. You just come and see me. Um. Yeah, like so, like you said, you will be back for season three. Um, Thanks. Now it's official. Now it's official, um, and you'll be around for for main camp, which starts September second, like we talked about. Um, and it's going to be a little bit of a different format. You know, we'll we'll release that that schedule here in the coming days, probably next week. Actually, is when we'll we'll, we'll post it out for for fans so they kind of know what to expect. It's going to be different than like let's say the Smokers ID camp um, that we had at the end of April, beginning of May, where um there's 60 plus 70 plus kids um and you're you're having games all day through and and a bunch of different games um this one it's going to be um almost straight to work for the smoke eaters it's going to be a smaller group coming in um the smoke eaters have identified that they want to want invited to camp um they're just going to jump right into there's going to be like full-on practices and then games every night. So um, I believe the plan is there'll be a game Friday night, a game Saturday night, and a game Sunday morning um, is the the camp schedule. And then from there, it's um, obviously the the coaches have to make their decisions on anybody they want to bring with them out of camp into preseason. And we're into the full swing of things. It's you know that's obviously um, September long weekend, but we'll jump right in. Or there'll be full practices. Um, it'll feel like a normal schedule. Smokers will hit the road on Friday and Saturday um, down to Wenatchee for, for two games. They'll come back. Um, we got another two against Cranbrook, and then the season starts. So it's we're, we're so close to just it, it being, you know, without a thought, just, just getting life. into it. Yes, that's, exactly. That's, that's, what you're, that's what you're looking to say. We're two weeks away from having no life outside of hockey and work. That's it. Yes. And for some of us, that's both. <laughs> um, as, as your wife off to the side there gives you a glare. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. No, don't worry, honey. I won't be home for many, many evenings. A <laughs> um, couple of things I just made notes of, though, Benny. One, I've seen uh, you and the team are posting still looking for billets. Yeah. Still looking for billets. Uh, I saw you were looking for a very specific one too. So yeah, a very um, great, great catch on that. Great reminder. Um, yeah, the Smokers are in need of uh, a couple of billet families for the upcoming year, and um, you know it, it can be as simple as you know right off the bat. Like if you don't want, if you're not ready to commit to a full season yet, you don't think it's for you. Contact Craig Claire. Contact the office. We still could use billets for for the preseason. You know, there's going to be a couple extra guys. That is a great opportunity uh, early in the year where it's not, you know, you're not committed to a full season yet. You're committed to like a month. You can try it out, see what it's like. Um, so that's obviously a, a positive in that that sense. Um, any help early on in the year is 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 appreciated. And of course, you know, throughout the year, you know, we've got an amazing group of billets already here in Trail, um, but Definitely looking for a few more, and then looking for um, one that is not free. Um, and so that uh, we've got a player coming in that has a has a nut allergy, and so um, obviously that with that comes the, some specifications of of billeting and and meals and and whatnot around the the arena. So um, yeah, if you are also have a nut allergy. 
um, and are interested in taking your billet, contact the Smogators office, contact Craig Claire at c.claire at trailsmogators.com. Send them an email. Um, let them know you're interested and get just get the conversation going um, if it's something that uh, that you're interested in as well. And Ben, the last thing that I had, I had to had to call out because I had so much fun wearing it when I was on my vacation was all my smoke eaters gear. Um, I've, have you ironed some shirts there, bud? Do you have some? Do you have some apparel available for the fans at the, at the office? <laughs> iron some shirts. You had to throw that in there, eh? Uh, hey, I was getting the merchandise up and going for for the new year. Um, you know, he was nice enough to deliver mine, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, well, all, almost all of our new merchandise is in in the Smoke Eater store. Uh, we've got an amazing, um, you know, group. You know, Rich and Annie Murphy spend a lot of time on on sourcing out merchandise and 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 what gear to get uh, and what to put our logo on. Um, so you know, I I want to make I want to make that uh, prevalent too. Is, is how much work that those two. Uh, outside of the the normal hockey ops and, and the normal things that they do in their day to day lives, they spent a lot of time in the last few months uh, trying to search out and, and find new merchandise that uh, you know is affordable uh, but still good quality for uh, for you the fans. So um, all of our new T-shirts are in. One still to be released, but that one's coming uh, coming a little bit later with with another uh, special release that we have planned for September. Um, but all the merchandise is in, you know, we're missing one or two little things that are still to come in. But other than that, you know, if you want a hoodie, um, we, we've got you covered hoodies, t-shirts, um, some golf shirts are still, still trickling in, um, full zip hoodies, you name it. And a bunch of novelty items, all of our new hats are in, um, already for the year. So super excited for, for all the stuff. Yeah, exactly. Jump shopping. Shopping. I, I know a lot of people have already made their, their trip in, um, but as we get closer to the start of the year here, uh, it'll be a, a mad dash on game nights to see what we what new things we have to offer. So come come by the Smoke Eaters office. We're open 9 to 4, Monday to Friday. Come in, take a look, and uh, leave with some more cool Smoke Eater swag. Say hi to Benny. Say hi to Benny. <laughs> uh, the other one uh, we want to make new, note of, and another thing that we didn't miss kind of off the top in some of our TSE news um is two, two items actually. two items two items um first one you know we want to just echo the congratulations to jeff tamley and having the playoff or well having the B, the bcl jail creating a playoff mvp trophy and naming it after jeff tamley um obviously he has that honor more so due to his playing career in the bchl than than when he was a coach with the smoke eaters um but he had a remarkable um run with the Chilliwack Chiefs and put up an unbelievable amount of points uh, back in 2001, 2002, I believe it was. Um, I had my, my Chrome is, uh, is, is my, or my internet's not working. So Rob's going to quickly do a search and just fact check me on that one, but I'm 99% sure uh, he had an unbelievable run. Um, so that's, that's a huge accomplishment for him. I know talking to him, he's, he's extremely honored to, um, of all the, the historical players and, and top players and staff that have come out of the league to have his name on the playoff MVP, MVP trophy um, is, is a huge honor. So uh, congratulations to Jeff Tamlini, who's also recently signed um, with the Seattle Kraken. He's the new 
uh, director of player development um, with the Seattle Kraken. So he has uh, finished his three years with the Tampa Bay Lightning, won you know two Stanley Cups with them. Um, and uh, now he's off to the Seattle Kraken and a, and a new adventure there. So excited for uh, former Smoke Eater head coach Jeff Tambellini. Um, yeah. So that 0-1-0-2 season? Yep. 117 points in 54 games in the regular season and another 36 points in 19 games in the playoffs. Yeah. Playoff MVP. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that, that the elite prospects includes the um, like the Western Canada Cup. It wouldn't have had or, those last couple, though. That would have just been the BCHL playoffs. So. Yeah, so he yep. also you know, would have played for the Doyle Cup and um, the RBC Cup, which they, they fell in the semifinals to the OCN Blizzard, I believe, um, but had some unbelievable points. I believe he was the RBC Cup pl- uh, player of the tournament as well. RBC uh, Cup, uh, four games, six goals, four assists, ten points. Yeah, yep. so... Not a bad, uh, bad rap sheet, but again, showed up when he needed to, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, but, uh, moving on more, more coaching staff news, Dustin Korlak, uh, completing his hockey Canada skills coach development, um, certification. Um, and so what that means, he's one of the few in Western Canada, um, part of a, a handful now across the country, you know, they, it's, it's a newer, um, certification from Hockey Canada. Um, so, you know, there's more and more people um, getting the certification. Obviously, you have to be part of a select group just to to be part of it, and it's a lot of work to to get the certification. But uh, Dustin Corlett completing that this past summer, uh, or this, yeah, I guess this summer, um, making him uh, you know, Hockey Canada certified skills coach. And like I said, there's uh, only a handful that are properly certified from Hockey Canada. Um, you know, some of the the, the parents and, and whatnot in, in minor hockey know that the Smoke Eaters do the Darren Romerdahl, uh camps, and he works with the Calgary Flames. He is also a Hockey Canada Skills Coach certification. So Dustin Corlick has that same certification now um, to be work and do those individual skill development um, tasks that are required all the way up to the NHL level. So um, I know he's extremely excited about it. He's, uh, you know, put in a lot of work, a lot of hours over the last year um, to, to get it done and, you know, having to do it mostly remotely because of, because of COVID and, and Hockey Canada having it do, uh, done remotely. Normally they have them all come to Calgary for, um, for a week and they, they do different, different in-person tasks and training. Um, so it, it's a, a lot of determination to, to keep up and, and do those tasks and do those um, assignments that are required to to be able to have that certification. So huge congratulations to him. It's a, it's an awesome thing for the Smokers organization, um, for the Smokers players, for local hockey here in not just Trail, but the, the, the West Kootenays, um, you know, the Cascara Nelson area. Um, that uh, that come out and, and do the smoke eaters camps like the high performance camps that we're running right now where you know Dustin Corlex on the ice he's working with the kids and and uh, you know helping helping the local hockey get a, as best as it can be um, you know that's what we love to have our local players on the team and you know we've got two more coming up this year and hopefully um, we have more coming up in in the next coming years agreed you're just gonna leave me with a grief, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Got to make you work for it, but yeah. All right. 
Um, no, he's a great, you know, Dustin's a great guy. I love chatting with him. Um, you know, they got a great coaching staff and, you know, the, the dedication that he's shown to be able to get those certifications can't be, you know, most people don't understand the amount of work that it takes to, to get that level of certification. And it's not, it's not something where you just sign up and do an online course. There's a lot of work that goes into that. And um, that's why, like you mentioned, there's only a few guys in the, in this part of the country that have it. And um, we're very excited to to have that here with the smoke eaters. And like you said, that that bonus for the smoke eaters also goes for for those in the area and those that get to come out to these camps and take advantage of the wealth of knowledge that he's picked up doing all of the training in which he's done. So congratulations to him. It's uh, been a long, long journey, I'm sure. And um, you know what? Just continues to add to uh, <clears throat> to some of the benefits of of playing uh, for the smoke eaters in the smoke eaters uh, area, for that matter. It's a nice, nice way to put a wrap on it, Rob. Agreed. Um, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here I'm gonna go. Oh, I won't get sentimental here because it's the end of season two here of the podcast, and it it means that you know that we've had some success here. I was gonna get a little touchy feely. Just agreed. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> and then I totally redeem myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, Can't you wait for season three? Uh, it's only what two weeks away. Two weeks away. We're gonna get back into a regular schedule. Rob's gonna keep me on on task. That's the hope, anyways. Um, <laughs> Full time job. I do take donations. <laughs> Dude, buy, buy him Subway. He loves Subway. Subway works. <laughs> yeah, I like Subway. Kids like Subway. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 kind of going to be our official end to, to season two. It's not like it's a it's a, it's a big thing, but um, it means that you know this has been a success. We get uh, uh, you know we have an awesome listenership group that that listen in um, when we do these, and the plan here going forward is to is to get back on that regular schedule, and, and every two weeks is the goal. Um, yeah, that's that's the plan every two weeks. So expect September fifth is when we're gonna record next. So September sixth release date will give you all the details out of camp. Who's looking good? Um, we'll probably have some coaches on for for an episode like that, and and just kind of get a, a breakdown and, and a and a um their point of view. They're the ones that that are working with the, with the players in actual in, relevant in, information. Exactly. Not, not, not just, just throwing stuff out there. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's that's our plan. Season three starts in two weeks here on the Smoke Show podcast. The Smoke Eaters main camp starts on September second. Season opener September twenty third. If you feel like driving to Penticton um, to catch a game, obviously you'll have to sit through a banner ceremony. Um, but if we have to sit through it, you guys have to sit through it. Um, <laughs> And then you'll watch, uh, hopefully watch the Smoke Eaters uh, get one the in their setup. own barn. Ruin the set- setup. That's that's Cole Tisdale's mindset anyways. Yep, um, I'm on board for it. And then, it's, like I said, home opener, September 30th. I, I cannot explain how excited I am to have fans back in this building and to see what we have in store. There's so much in the works. I, don't know, I guess it's not in the works anymore. It's just being finalized um that's being kept under wraps for specifically the home opener um jeff fontes is putting in an incredible amount of work here during the off season to get things ready um so 
it yeah. doesn't even sound good. Yep, among many other stuff. things. <laughs> among many other things, uh, we've got a um, basically a whole week planned of events for the home opener week. So stay tuned for that information where we'll have players, events, um, tons of different things. Just just stay tuned for that. Leading up to that, that first game against Cranbrook, and then, like I said, all the in-game elements that are planned. <laughs> the Smoke Eater games... Don't let it out. Smoke Eater games are going to be where you want to be on a Friday and Saturday night. Don't let As it if, out. If they weren't already, they will be now. So, um... Hey, we have a new slushy machine. I can let that out. <laughs> we took that to the farmer's market. That's going to be a seller. I, You know, it's, it's going to be great. I hope we don't do too much on camera this year, Rob. That's going in the broadcast, so, right? <laughs> Could you imagine just, just having blue, the blue raspberry slushies and just having to do on-camera scenes and our, our mouths are just blue from Slurpees? I think we've taken up oh, enough of your fun, time. Man. It's going to be, be fun. I'm, I'm excited. I know I'm Rob's long. excited. Um, yeah, it's, it's... I got ice cream. It feels normal. <laughs> thought I was lying. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode and all the previous episodes and any of the future episodes you want to listen to. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with our shenanigans. Um, this is a wrap on, on season two. It's been an unbelievable journey of, of doing a podcast and, and connecting on a whole nother level. We're excited for season three. We'll see you at the rink. We'll talk in two weeks um, regarding main camp. And like I said, before we know it, the season starts. For Ben Phillips, for Rob Squires, and the Smoke Show podcast powered by Casper Kia. Talk to you next time out. Go Smokies, go. The Smoke Show was produced at Trail Smoke Eaters Hockey. Hosting and research, Ben Phillips. Co-host, Rob Squires. Produced by Jeff Fontes. Theme music by Jason Shaw. Check out Trail Smoke Eaters on social media at BCHL Smoke Eaters. For everything Trail Smoke Eaters, head to trailsmokeeaters.com.